I'm Kate Daniels. As we begin a new month, this year my goal has been to have Elaine Park join us to discuss and to invite us all to participate in creating unity in our life, our community, state, the country, letting that energy move out over the planet. Elaine Park has written The Habits of Unity, 12 Months to a Stronger America, One Citizen at a Time. With April, we think spring, and we know that Earth Day happens. In the book, the focus is on our environment, and I'm happy to have Elaine joining us once again to discuss April this time, our environment, the actions we can take to make a difference first in our own life, and then let the energy move outwardly. Elaine Park, good morning. It's so wonderful to reconnect with you again at the beginning of a new month. Well, it's also the month of April, which in in the 12 Habits of Unity is Take Care of Our Environment Month. But today we're talking, actually you and I are talking on April 1st, so... April Fool's. <laughs> yes. Uh, and, and that's a whole other story. We The rest yes. of April is much more focused on nature, the environment, nature right. in so many ways that is our environment, but it's nature within ourselves as well. Well, that's actually the point that I was going to start to make with you. But before I do, at the beginning of month of April's chapter on taking care of our environment, there's a goal for the month which is to select an environmental project as simple as planting a tree in your own yard. And, you know, the point I'm making not only in this month but in the whole book is that starting to turn your own life toward daily moments that have more moments of happiness in them than moments of conflict and disarray is all achievable with just little moments heading more in the right direction than in the wrong direction. And one of my favorites is Also, in the beginning of the book, it's called The Earth Pledge, and I thought I might read it to your audience. I pledge allegiance to the Earth and all its sacred parts, its water, land, and living things, and all its human hearts. I pledge allegiance to all life and promise I shall care to share and cherish all its gifts with people everywhere. And in the book, I ask there's a place for the reader to actually sign their own name at the beginning of April to make that pledge. So I'm asking you and your audience to join me in that pledge for the month of April. And I think what could be fun, and it can be found in the book, which of course is available at all of our favorite book sources, of course, and also seeing this online. And let's mention the website right off the bat here, Elaine. Yes, because if someone can't get the book, for some reason, we have a website. It's 12habitsforalloftheus.org. And the 12 and the 4 are numbers. So 12 habits for all of us, 12 is the number, 4 is the number, .org. So I think what would be really great making the pledge is either print it out or script it out somehow, put it somewhere where you have signed it. But whatever your family dynamics are, you know, if everyone were on this together, signing this this pledge and you put it in a place of prominence, whether it's uh, on a bulletin board or the refrigerator, which is a, a great magnet place, you'll find a place and together then that keeps it at the front of our minds that April's here, this is the pledge I made. Absolutely. One of the reasons, of course, that April, in our context, is take care of our environment 
is because April 21st is Earth Day, and it has been for quite a while, and everybody knows that. But what we know about real life is that a thought or an idea, unless it becomes ingrained in your own system and in your own way of thinking, then it doesn't really change your life. So by taking the entire month of April and dedicating it toward the environment and asking everyone to make that pledge and starting on the 1st of April, not the 21st, and a little bit each day, if you know, do some, pick up some litter that you see along the road. I take walks in my neighborhood in the community, and you know I always come back with a pocket loader. Actually, I've used my doggy bags to pick up litter once in a while. <laughs> you know, my little do- bags I take for my doggy. If I don't need to use it, I wind up finding litter and using the doggy bag to pick that up. But if you just do one little thing over the course of the month, by the end of that month, then the habit to take care of your environment will be more deeply ingrained. We just aren't going to change the way we think with an observation that lasts only one day. Absolutely. And what I feel is we do these things, you know, we commit to it and just know that there is power in one. We each have power. We never know who's watching, who we might touch. And we don't do it for that reason to be noticed. But we might inspire like, oh, that person picked up some trash that wasn't theirs. I could do that too. Well, one of the other things I wanted to lead us into today as we talk about this and picking up the trash is a good point. I've always felt that it's people who are going to find it difficult to care about the environment if they don't care about one another. And even in the time since, you know, last month, which was resolved conflicts, and right during the middle of that month, you know, a major world war started. There was an incident at our Oscars, which was completely out of keeping with the character of something as elegant and on such a high level as the Oscars. So we really need to care about one another in order to care about our environment. To pick up a piece of trash, you have to care that someone's going to come along behind you and they won't see that trash because you picked it up. I think they go hand in hand. There's definitely that connection. And it does start with self-respect so that if we are respecting ourselves and we care for ourselves, we can't help but then let that really pour out, spill over to people we're in contact with, to the environment, the earth around us, and picking up that can or that plastic utensil that someone's just tossed randomly. There's no question about it. In the book on April 1st, I say today is April Fool's Day. Let's hope that we are not fooling ourselves into complacency about the threats to our sustainable environment. We are the caretakers of the earth for all our children and for future generations. Together, we must all nourish the habit of earth stewardship, even as small as a piece of trash we find along the roadside. Chief Seattle said, we do not inherit the earth from our ancestors. We borrow it from our children. Remember, you are a very important part of the earth. Care for it and be cared for by it. Exactly. And I think we just don't think about that piece of it, that we're borrowing it from the future, from our children and grandchildren. We need to be the stewards of it. We see how much devastation has happened in such a short period of time in this century. But even uh, 60 years ago, John Kennedy, 
as he was president, had said, the supreme reality of our time is the vulnerability of this, our planet. And I think we heard that, but we certainly didn't embrace it and make it part of our cellular structure. We, we didn't hear that, and we also didn't hear him say, ask not what, what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. It just seems like the whole country is wanting everything done for them and have completely lost sight of the service aspects of being a good person in a democratic society. Exactly. Service, that is a, a big part of it. We are being of service is being a servant to it's really empowering to do that rather than think that it's a lesser kind of status. Well, there's no question. For instance, I mean, I think that human beings have looked at nature and the earth for centuries, really, as though belonged. I'm not going to say all human beings. You know, there are cultures and perhaps the Native American culture here before the Caucasians came that looked as us serving the earth. But once industrialization happened and we began to look at the earth as serving us, how much can we extract from it? You know, what can we get out of it? And we haven't looked at ourselves as stewards of the earth. And now that it's starting to fail, you know, now that glaciers are melting and fires are happening that are displacing lots of people and causing misery. I mean, how can we cause new world wars when, in fact, there's so much misery and suffering now being caused by the changes in climate? We need to focus all of our attention on reducing our impact on the climate and helping our Mother Earth survive and continue to be there for future generations. And that's why, really, having a copy of the Pledge of Allegiance to our Earth, having that copy and seeing it is a reminder daily because we need to build that habit. Perhaps we have a pseudo-habit. We kind of do it sometimes, but this needs to be something really deeply ingrained, and just trust that as each of us does this, it really does have a positive ripple-out effect. Well, and not only a ripple-out effect, but an effect on yourself. I don't know whether uh, you've noticed, Kate, but on the back of the book, there is a warning to anyone who buys and reads this book. Did you notice the warning? (laughs) Yes. The warning says, this book is habit-forming and may cause a happier life. You know, again, the point being what we all know, and that is that when we care about a beautiful flower and look at a beautiful tree and pick up litter and know that because we walked by the nature spot that we passed looks a little better and or plant a tree, then then we are significant and we matter and we feel happier. There's a lightness, a happiness about feeling good about what you've done with your day that can't come from anything else but being the right kind of person, being of service, caring about others, and caring about our planet. You really can't be happy if you don't. Not really happy. Right. And we need to see how that is so intricately connected to each other, that what we do really does have that impact. And so to not care, that's the kind of thing that ripples out. And that's what we see being played out. So seeing that that's the case, we can take that step, really know to choose daily 
to do the right thing, to be a great caretaker, love ourselves, love the planet, and really work to bring harmony. That's really what the book is all about. So this month, April, take care of our environment. I'm hoping that your audience will remember this pledge or at least the gist of it or perhaps get the book or go to the website and get the pledge and print it down. On the website, you can go to the menu topic called How to Share. And under that menu, you can go to the month. And for instance, let's say you wanted to practice taking care of your environment in your own home. You can print out a little sign for yourself. You can print out a bookmark to use that month. You know, anything to keep the idea in your mind all month. And then next month, which I'm going to give them a preview, is be grateful. You can go to the website again and print out little reminders so that in addition to the book, you can have reminders in your space. I mean, remember how we used to do sticky notes to remind us to do things? (laughs) Right. You know, this is kind of like monthly sticky notes. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And in terms of that, that kind of connection within our community and doing something that creates beauty and brings peace. So I remember several years ago, some neighbors actually dropped a small plant at our doorstep that I'm thinking if we built on that because it was for May Day. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So we could start in April get some seeds, start germinating some plants. So when it comes to next month, we're grateful for our neighborhood and keeping things beautiful, but that's a way to bring that care of the environment starting in April. Well, I actually can give your audience a personal testimony out of my own life. I have a little space of land down by the corner of my driveway, and the property had no you know, early spring bulb plants, you know, tulips, daffodils, crocuses, things like that. And so last year I planted 150 bulbs, daffodils, crocuses, for the first time. And so as spring has started to arrive here, it's just been so beautiful and so wonderful. It made me so happy. I walk my puppy in the morning and he walked down by the driveway. And every morning I just stand there and look at my little garden that I knew I planted last spring and look at each and every flower and just so enjoying the effort of an hour or two I made last year to plant those bulbs. And that reminds me of something that a neighbor did in our area. Mm, This probably dates back seven, eight years ago. She brought daffodil bulbs to people and said, plant these wherever you want along the roadway. And now each year they come up and just... Now I'm seeing these bright yellow daffodils, and it brings her to mind. And, you know, I'm sending her blessings because she brought this to us. But you see these spotted along the roadway, and it it brings life, and it brings a smile. And we feel the peace of that. I do think nature is, is God's best reminder about what the essence of happiness is all about. Well, maybe a baby, <laughs> a new <one> yeah. baby. <laughs> right. But, you know, to look at nature, to look at a beautiful new flower in the spring, I think that's, that's one of the ways God reminds us. And I think with all of this anger and division going on and just so many people just angry that their rights aren't being, and it's not that I don't agree or disagree or have anything to do with sides on my part. What I disagree with is the intensity and the passion of the anger, which is taking over people 
making it literally impossible for them to be really happy and content with their lives. And it can be just this slight refocus that yes. can make such a world of difference. And if we witness that, then in some way we can find a way to reach out or it, something as simple as just eye connection to say, I see you. I think that that makes a difference to a person that that may even calm them down in some way. There's no doubt about it. I mean, we can go through our own day with the pledge in our hearts, you know, not only about the earth, but about the climate between human beings. And we can decide that we want to be a force for positive change. And you can do it with just, as you said, a moment of eye contact, a slight smile, a, a word of kindness at a checkout at a market where you're shopping. I mean, just anywhere where you can bring a moment of light that isn't isn't filled with anger to someone else's life, and they can pass it on. In fact, as you were saying that, Elaine, about, you know, to overcome that moment of anger, that's what we need is to give the other side of it to let that really be what begins to percolate don't buy into, don't encourage or kind of succumb to the, the negative. Really pull it back to what is good and positive. Yes, earlier in one of our earlier interviews, when we first started talking, Kate, I brought up the parable of the Cherokee grandfather yes. about the two wolves that are fighting inside of us, the, the wolf of good and the wolf of evil and anger and separation. And the grandson says, which wolf wins, and the grandfather says, it's the wolf you feed. So what I'm saying and what the book is saying and what you and I are saying, Kate, here in this conversation, is that the whole idea is to feed the good wolf in us, the wolf that wants to be happy, the wolf that wants other people to treat us well and to do the same for one another. I mean, the golden rule is millennium old. It goes back in the oldest religions that the way we treat each other and the, the balance and the harmony when people are treating one another from both directions properly is the essence of humanity surviving at this point. But truly, that is the case. And to realize, I just really love that Cherokee tale because uh-huh. it really illustrates very simply what is, and that we have choice. It's so important to realize that we're not victims in any of this. We really, each moment, we have a choice. Exactly. And everyone's starting to feel like a victim, but they're not a victim. Every human being is powerful. Every person has 1,440 minutes in a day. Not anyone on Earth, not even Putin and Russia or Nobody has more minutes in their day than you or I do, or anyone in your audience. And they can spend those minutes making the world better, or they can spend those minutes feeling disempowered and like they're victims of some uh, another person or whatever. They don't have to be a victim. They can choose their own viewpoint. And I call that mental nutrition, mental health nutrition, by taking in and giving out good thoughts, good ideas, 
and blocking out. Don't go on negative social media. Don't read negative news stories. Keep yourself protected and only nourish the good, or not only, but you know, certainly balance the intake of the information you bring into your heart so that you can go to bed at night feeling happy that you've put in a day where you've done good, where you've not been perfect, none of us are perfect, but you've certainly done your best to make the world a better place. Exactly. And when that, if we were to have a tally sheet, and once it really begins to be more of those positive things that we accomplish, we see that that's really changing the whole balance, not just of our life, which is great, but it does impact everything around us. It's like that butterfly wing in nature. Yes. And it's just so important that we change that direction. I was just speaking with someone else earlier today about, you know, it's been 15 years since there's been any good national movement. Remember random acts of kindness, or pay it forward, you know, they just blazed across the nation. We haven't had a huge good movement like that in way too many years. And that's why I'm hoping the 12 Unity Habits movement will catch on and people will start each month of the year practicing these 12 positive aspects of getting along better, of the golden rule, of helping keep our earth alive and just keeping life going so that everyone thrives. And I think that the 12 Unity Habits movement is what we need, and I hope your audience will start practicing it. Absolutely. This is such a great movement, great action that anybody can start at any time. We're in April, so it goes through the 12 months, but you don't have to wait till next January. Heavens, today is the day that we have, that we know we have, this is the right. time to act. Exactly. I mean, I just started the book in January, but you don't have to. I mean, I know we all, we're used to starting a book on the first page. But in the case of the 12 Unity Habits, you don't have to do that. Whatever month you buy it in, just go right to the page and the date or whatever it is. And whatever the habit is for that month, just start right in. Building that habit for that month and the next habit for the next month and before you know it, you're going to be uplifting yourselves and those around you, and your life is going to be better. Yes. As the warning on the back of the book states, this book yeah. is <laughs> habit-forming, and it may cause a happier life. So, so look out. <laughs> yes. Buyer beware. But then isn't that what we keep saying we want? We want happiness. Well, it's our choice as to what we're going to do. Absolutely. Right? I was listening to a well-known biologist, Bruce Lipton, that was explaining the difference between the conscious and the subconscious. And he said, you can ask anyone consciously, you know, do they want to be happy? Do they want to be content? Do they want to be good to people? Do they want to lead a good life? But in 90 to 95%, 100% of people will say, well, of course I want that. But the problem is we all have a subconscious, which was embedded into us often by traumas and issues that happened early in our life. And the subconscious behaviors can take control and overcome what our conscious mind really wants to have for a life. And the beauty of a habit-forming approach is that building habits happens in the subconscious. 
where the problems are. So if you start building these positive habits, they go into your subconscious where you mindlessly brush your teeth, where you're able to drive the car and carry on a conversation because your subconscious has been programmed to do those things. And your subconscious can be programmed by working on these habits for a whole month at a time and turning them into subconscious habits, which will then make each of us able, have a higher percent of our subconscious able to achieve the goals of happiness that our conscious mind wants. And to support that, we were talking about the fact that to print out the Pledge of Allegiance here for the month, but there's also something like a mantra, if you will, that we can, it's a daily affirmation. And for April, today I nourish my habit to take care of our environment. I think even that, if it's something we start repeating daily, all of a sudden we're repeating it throughout the day. And it's, again, it seeps into, at a cellular level, it's seeping into the subconscious. The difference between whether in any given moment, for instance, at the Oscars, when that event happened where one man slapped another, the perpetrator's subconscious, something in that man's subconscious, had taken over, you see? And that's where building positive habits and moving these positive habits into the subconscious will help us be permanently more uplifted. It won't mean perfect lives. Nobody has a perfect life. But it will certainly help us move toward a happier life for ourselves and for everyone around us because obviously everyone we come in contact with at a given day is going to benefit when we decide to change our own attitudes and uplift our own lives or in April, as we would say, nourish our habit to take care of our environment. Because we know that there's a great need and wouldn't we choose to be part of the solution? This is a great way to choose to be part of the solution. And not only the solution outside of yourself, you know, the big, the macro solution, but also the solution in your own life. The solution that will help you be able to really achieve more on a day-to-day basis. The goals that you have in your life, to have a happy life, to have a purposeful life, to have a meaningful life, to to make the life, you know, your own day happier and the days of the people who are in your life. When you can make all those things better and when it's permanent because you've turned them into habits that remain in your subconscious, what more could you ask for? That is it. That is the invaluable gift that we receive. Exactly. By making, in other words, there's, there's, this is not the first book on habits. I think Stephen Covey wrote a book that was wildly successful, Seven Habits of Highly Successful People or something. But Stephen Covey didn't, his book didn't make those attributes into habits for the reader. This book helps the reader make the healthy attributes into habits for themselves by giving them one minute a day of reading to make that aspect, that positive aspect of life become a habit in their life. This isn't a book about habits. This is a habit-forming book, and that's why it can make a difference in all our lives. It has in mind. I think, again, in our early interview, 
I gave you some idea of that I came from a very difficult early childhood. Yes. Yes, this is something that is going to create such wonder, really, in ourselves, and people can't help but be attracted to it. It will be noticed, and we can just let that ripple out. Absolutely. Absolutely, Kate. I'm very honored to be able to talk to you each month about one of the 12 habits. It's just been a real pleasure. It is still a real pleasure. I'm looking forward to next month as well. My little prelude today is telling you, Kate, how grateful I am to be on your show and having a short amount of time to speak to your lovely audience. Well, it's always such a joy, and I greatly appreciate it, Elaine Park. Thank you again for spending this time with us and really getting us inspired and motivated. It's my pleasure, Kate, and let's take care of our environment.